hair. <laughs> Rob, when was the last time you had this much hair on the top of your head? I was maybe 45. <laughs> so what, 30 years ago? <laughs> so this is this is where we're at today. We're uh this is the best we got. Uh we're just gonna sit here and look Pre at Moscone silliness. Yeah. Let's you know, get people let's start get getting in their Christmas. Moscone is like, you know, when people get in their Christmas mood and they just right. kind of get like a little off the wall. Goofy. This is my first Moscone cup. I'm really pumped to be going and like Yeah, it's it's an experience. I've, oh. I didn't even know you were going, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I screamed at my CV forever, you know what I mean? And like, I just, <laughs> like, I just don't do anything for four days. So, yeah, you I'm might as well be there, right? I might as well be there and just not do anything while I'm there and get to like right. this for the year. Sure. That's it. So, Telfer has a ticket available for four days, mm -hmm. but you got to sit with the Europeans. No, I, well, I would choose violence and do that. You know, I would just go ahead, like, like William Wallace and just break the ranks and just, you know. Yeah, exactly. Charge. They probably love me by the end of the the uh, the four days anyhow. They like to think of themselves as so intimidating. Uh, they're, they're, a bunch laugh. they're a bunch of softies. Yeah, I don't know. Our, my entire group is on the uh, European side. Is <clears throat> I'm confused. Your group is uh, on the European side? How'd you do that? Yeah, I didn't have a choice. Um, Probably well, we got we just got we got thirty tickets, and they just put us wherever they could fit us in. Right. So, but we're on. I think we're in um, section. Oh, I don't even know what section I'm in. I guess, uh, but we're rows <laughs> D, E, and F, I believe. You're gonna have to do some reconnaissance for us, uh, Nate. Do some USA information gathering, some espionage. I think this is gonna be the like the. I think this is gonna be the year that the U.S. Is at least rivaling Europe as far as numbers uh, in the past. I've gone the last. Uh, well, well, they they outnumbered them in nineteen. Oh no! No way! They were close to even. At best, no. they were close to even. No. <laughs> no. Well, if you, if you judge it based off of the loudness of the crowd, Europe was eighty percent of the Vegas. crowd. In yeah, nineteen in Vegas. in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, we must have been at a different tournament. I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I, I want to go back and look at the pan of the, the crowd because I don't I mean, there was an entire section that basically nobody was there on the European or on the American side because um, the entire the entire right half of it. So if you're facing the table towards the, the break spot, the entire right half of it, nobody was even in there. And that was the American side. Right. I guess I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Um now you got me questioning that. I, I, I was when I remember back, I remember that there was like probably sixty percent European. But anyways, back to it. I think this is the year that there's going to be a lot more Americans. There are a ton of people going out there, so I don't know if there's going to be a European side. I mean, there will be in a sense of like there's. I mean, there's there's still going to be plenty of Europeans that are there, but I don't see them having a giant section of the crowd. Yeah, well, we'll see. Looking forward to it. Yeah, Rob, oh, why don't absolutely. you why don't you why don't you jump in your car and start driving out there now? <clears throat> what I really want to know is where's our where's our dinner at, Mike? Where where are we doing dinner? Herbs and rye. Herbs and rye, yes. Read the notes, Nate. Read the notes. You know I never learned how to read. <laughs> I'm excited. We're gonna have a fun dinner. Yeah, it'll be great. Well, 
I don't know. Should we actually talk about pool? Should we just talk about the Moscone Cup and what we're going to do while we're there? We got some great stuff going on down in Puerto Rico. Yeah, I think we ought to talk about Puerto Rico a little bit. Yeah. Okay. What, what a great let's, looking, let's, what a hey, great looking event out, for sure. Let's throw out from a fan perspective this this idea. Uh, what do you like better? The rotation games or eight ball? From a fan perspective, watching these professionals play. I love watching eight ball. I love watching eight ball at the highest level. I prefer rotation, but at the highest level, eight ball to me looks really easy. <laughs> it oh, does. At the highest level, all the games are easy. Yeah, they, they look easy, but you know, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's really interesting to watch them run through a rack, knowing that they don't. They're not going to get a second shot. So most uh, of the time, not right. Yeah, right, and so it's it's even the know, tricky you've racks. Some, you've seen some really creative stuff, which I oh, do yeah. enjoy. I really yeah. do enjoy how they break out balls, how they play. You know, they, they've been – Oh, yeah. And, they, and they're forced to shoot shots because they know they can't play safe. They're down to the – you know, I, uh, Wichter made a shot near the end of his match yesterday. Uh, I can't remember who he played where he uh, won, I think, by a couple games. Um, but, you know, we had to go in off another object ball. And it was not an easy shot, but it was sink or swim. I, I like those situations where they're in sink or swim. Yeah. Yeah, Alex and Kachi had a square, uh, a hill hill match. Well, that... I I will say something. I, I have watched a lot of eight ball patterns, and it's interesting. Even with the higher level guys, when you see them pick potentially the wrong pattern, and you're like, yeah. oh, they're in a bad spot here, and then they they end up kind of then it's like a, a really big make or, make or break pressure shot. Certain people have both won and lost matches because of that. I saw Fortunsky not get out um, because of a basically positional error, double hill against Copigny. He, he had Copigny dead to rights and um, made a positional error off of the one to his last key ball on the eight and then misses the eight. And Copigny um, ended up beating him that set double hill. And then I saw a match where Alex Montpellier was playing Shane and Montpellier That's had, had, gotten, had gotten the last five balls. He was dead out open and was playing for the last three balls near the bottom rail and mismanaged position and didn't get proper position he had to play a double kiss shot and he made it but he got into a really tricky position off of his second to last strike and he was in one of those sink or swim type of shots where i thought he was probably going to go and just try and chop this ball in and hope to lord you know that he got shape on on his second to last on his last strike but instead, he tucked Shane underneath the ball, pinched him, floated it underneath the rail, and got him squeezed. But beneath the rail, played safe. Shane kicked, hit a solid, and left him a shot. He, he ended up beating Shane that way. It was funny because Shane had actually taken off his glove, so he expected to hit him because he was down by two racks. So when he came back to the table, he didn't have his glove on. So you can tell he just he didn't expect to get back to the table. And Alex, oh. unfortunately, let him back in, but played a kind of, I think, like a really patient shot. Um, most people, I think, would have taking the flyer and hoped to get shaped and maybe would have gotten shaped, but you never know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny to see when guys are good and they just run the balls up like Mario's been breaking people into the dirt, like all tournament. He's been breaking really great despite some of the racking stuff. Um, he's actually playing right now too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Did they just start already? It's five, four Mario. Up, up. And Mario, Mario missed an eight ball. That was, yeah, basically scored. kind of a hanger to go up three to zero. And then uh, FSR got back to three to two. And then I guess I've been kind of paying attention to getting the podcast going from there. But you said uh, uh, Mario's up five, four. So they started at noon. 
yeah something like that. something like that yeah but <clears throat> i think i think just this whole event not just the rotation and the eight ball but the whole presentation that's been offered at this event is really beautiful to watch like yeah. the venue overall is really nice kazoom multi-table free coverage is really forward thinking forward thinking super nice you're not behind a paywall which for the fans especially fans of people like that are in the mid tier that you know, people want to watch them and see how they're doing and support them that they probably won't get the nod ever until they make it deep. Like even they, they can get to the quarterfinals and never make the TV table, right. you know, because it might be like right. a Francisco versus a Mario or something. They're right. kind of more household names. We never see them and they have tournaments of their lives. So the fact that you get a chance to see these guys and they have these memories on camera, you know, against the best players in the world. And they just kind of get used to the fact that every, every table, there's a camera. Every table is a TV table, basically, is a super value add, not only for the players, but also for the fans. And then just to see the multiple disciplinary approach, like you see the junior nine ball stuff, you see the world, the, the pro 10 ball for the men and the women, you see the, the eight ball happening. Like, I think it speaks to the higher kind of bigger vision that Predator has for how they're going to view their pro billiard series and what they're trying to kind of build over and over again. And then you realize in the back of your head, oh, yeah, there's also this big uh amateur you know league national thing happening there as well so you get people that maybe don't get access to see these guys play get a chance to see them and support them and they get to network with them so i think overall it's just a beautiful event and from what i understand the venue looks out of, out of control super nice like it looks right. it looks so 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 great so it, yeah. and the carpeting is a little crazy i love it i think it's you, it's, you like it cool unique yeah it's kind of like i mean people like the 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 stein why not you know, they're just like, oh, look at Steinway. Like, this is just like, whatever. It looks like a, like you're in the Florida room of your 1994 grandma's hotel or something. Or like, <laughs> you, know, something you know, it's got kind of like that, like, cool aesthetic. But, um, yeah, just overall, the venue looks just wonderful. It looks really, really nice. <clears throat> yeah, the event has gone, uh, I guess, it's ne nearly perfect. I guess going back to the eight ball thing, I want to try to convince you, Mike. <laughs> white ball is a more entertaining game you ready for this this is my pitch right. <laughs> this is my pitch have you you've watched obviously a little bit of it right okay so what is the most boring part about rotation uh and the big complaint that they're really trying to fix it's the break right i mean the break is boring if you put the nine on the spot and you hit it or uh, the the one on the spot and you're basically just hitting it nice and soft and you know you're you're controlling that one ball, blah, blah, blah. If you watch the most exciting shot in eight ball is the break. Every single player is hitting it 25 miles an hour, just trying to smash the rack. Cue balls flying all over the place. It's, it's exciting. So the most boring part of rotation is the most exciting part about eight ball. And then you get to have all of the, the complex patterns. And of course it looks like it's easy, but their, their cue balls flying all over the place to play their, their patterns. And I think it's, I, I get it. I, I understand it. And I do love eight ball at this level you know about comparing it to the rotation i still prefer those as a television watching fan uh I, to watching eight ball i i think okay. one of the things that's kind of good is that the breaks kind of been neutralized a little bit as far as both the 10 ball and the eight ball go it's not as important yeah. uh because you know the referees are basically slugging everybody to death um you know <laughs> whole tournament uh super inconsistent racks some guys get frustrated and but they keep you know lining up from the middle of the table like they got the perfect template rack and they keep breaking and then they keep getting frustrated when they don't get a ball or you know maybe right. happen to get lucky you see a lot of close matches a lot of parity because now you got to outplay your opponent from that position so you know the fact that the break is not such a 
devastating weapon. Although we did see Cole in one match, I guess had a referee that was racking great for him. He ran six and out, and I think uh, Fedor did too, right? Fedor had six. Yeah, yeah Fedor ran ran the whole from from the first, yeah from from the first inning. So it was a one inning match, which is pretty strong. But he was breaking from the rail, which I think is the same way a lot of the pros break in a ten ball. It's probably how you're supposed to break from the eight ball, considering how they're yeah. I saw him breaking second ball too. Yeah, second ball is also a good break. I think. I mean, it's like the standard break that everybody knows at eight ball. So the fact that people are just like, oh, there's this break that we can use that might be effective. Like, yeah, yeah maybe play eight ball. That's that's the break when you're, especially if you're in a league situation where the, you know, you're dealing with a, a loose rack all the time. You want to get into the guts and try and spread them out, and give yourself a chance to make something. So, yeah. you know, I think, uh, I think it's the fact that the break is neutralized for me. I think makes it more compelling because now. There is a little bit more more parity, a little bit more more. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, the break is that big deal, for sure. Did uh, you guys any have heard what happened to Alex's leg? Or he was limping around. He withdrew from the tournament in the middle of Shaw's yeah. match. Yeah, so so he apparently strained his calf muscle pretty bad, oh. um, and he was able to kind of get through it the last the later rounds yesterday because it wasn't a shot clock. And so he was able to manage right with Tyler, and thank God it wasn't a shot clock. He didn't ever made it with a shot clock. It moved slowly. So then when he got on the TV table today, he was down two one and missed a position on an eight ball. You could tell he just kind of flinched because he was in pain, and then missed two more open balls that he never misses. And the second time he missed an open ball, he was down five one, I think. Um, but he just resigned because he said that the shot clock made it so that he couldn't get around the table fast enough and manage the pain, and so he just withdrew. Yeah, he's having trouble limping around the table every shot. Yeah, and you can tell he was he was suffering. Yeah, and he's not going to put himself out there just to be a lame duck. You know what I mean? He wants to try and play, and if he can't if he can't compete, then he's just going to, you know, not. not Boy, I was sure impressed. You know, I'm thinking here's a one pocket champion player, right? In action right now. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, I was going to say like I I don't know I that 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 part of it. I don't well, think no, I could see. I mean, if he, if he, as if long he's as he doesn't have a one, shot clock, if yeah. he's up five to one, clock, there's no way you know. he's doing it, right? I mean, him right. being down five to one at the time is, you know, a little bit of a help there. But I you mean, know. honestly, I, I cannot believe that he did that. You're talking about going into the semifinals. That's probably, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the payouts are off the top of my head, but that's got to be like an eight or probably an eight thousand dollar match that you're just forfeiting. I mean, yeah, and he's not going to just do that if he does, if he, if he you know. Yeah, well, yeah, he's gonna have to to make some money there, you know. So it's like, it's it obviously had to be enough that he just felt like he couldn't, you know, in good, yeah. in good faith, put up his best game and yeah, you know, do that to himself. or put up any game. I yeah. would have to say any game because uh, I mean, you're, like he you're was playing against. Touched. I, I had, think that Jason uh, Shaw's the. Go he ahead. had one shot where he had to jump. He missed position on the eight. And he had to elevate and jump, and you could just tell he was like he just wanted to get on the shot because. It hurt to be up on his calf. Yeah. Um, you know, Jason Jason looked kind of shook, honestly, when that happened. He was just he like, did. he was like in disbelief, you know, because nobody right. wants to be that way. You know, he's focused right. on trying to play hard and he's dealing with nerves and trying to get comfortable. And you can tell he's kind of like trying to start to get into form. And then Alex is just like, I can't, I can't play like this. But yeah, especially you could tell on, on shots where he had to stretch. Where he had to lean um, out over the table and he's a small and, guy, so it's like yeah, right. Know, yeah, it's, it's yeah like, he stretches out on every shot. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was kind of impressed. Just the fact that when was the last time three Canadian players made the final thirty-two? 
I mean, there ain't that many Canadian players out there playing, but here we go, Jason Clatt and Alex uh, Clatt and uh, and more. Yeah, John and, and Alex, Clatt all three of them. Clatt looks final group. Clatt, Clatt looks really good for the majority of the. He must have started hitting the balls around a little bit lately too to yeah. to get there, because he would, you know, twenty five years ago, he was a great player. He was uh, oh, at, great. at the top of his game. Yeah. Yeah, he would. I, I guess for a while, honestly, he was traveling a lot around a lot with Appleton. He was at the point where he was like, "Man, you would say we're like a, you know, maybe not Victor Zelinsky, like you know, but okay. like getting deep into big big tournaments okay. quite a bit and a threat to beat anybody. Like, you know, maybe the guys just well, he like, always has been that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But playing really good, playing really good. good. Yeah, good. That was really cool to see. I like that. The camaraderie of the Canadians are, and the Polish, guys. and then a couple of Polacks. Oh my God! <laughs> Excuse the expression. Or, Polish or, people, or, uh, players playing each other. That was exciting. Yeah, and Hill Hill too. They went correct. Yeah, and um, and and Zelensky went double hill. Yeah, yeah, touch, that touch, was touch, impressive. Yeah, makes me sad. Yeah, yes. but, you wanted both of them to win. <laughs> well, I mean, I wanted them both to win, but I mean, if Wojtek. Shepchek's my favorite player, like in the world. So, right, yeah. Sad. Well, I mean, quarterfinalist, World Eight Ball, reigning World Ten Ball champion. I have his jersey. Yeah, Will I mean, be sad. That, you know how close he came to having two World Championships in the same yeah. year is pretty. Oh my that, that would have been pretty scary stuff. Super really strong. nice. Yeah. Very understated too. You know. Yeah. Yes. I yes. think that both of them texted each other on what shirt to wear for the for the. Did they? <laughs> I think that we have one shirt. Yeah, exactly. They have two. They have, one in uh, red and one in white. <laughs> one in red and red and one in white. This is the white one. Yeah. I'm sure we wear. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess like uh, I don't know the the uh, let's start with the the ongoing eight ball. I guess since we've been talking about it, anyways. Uh, Jason Shaw versus Victor Zelinsky. One of the semifinals is going on next. Uh, Francisco Sanchez Ruiz and Mario. He currently knotted up at five to five. I guess uh, the the event's been good so far. Who who do you guys uh, who do you guys pick for a winner going forward, Mike? Uh, I don't know. Jason looks awfully strong these days, uh, awfully confident these days. You know, Victor. You know, he's been in finals pretty much everything he's played in in the last guaranteed month second and a half. So yeah. So uh, <laughs> well, but to be guaranteed second, it means he's going to have to be Jason in the semis. So yeah. um, so you know, that's it's going to be a good match. I you know, but I, I think uh, of the two semifinals uh i like i like jason the way he's playing right now i mean he's coming off of he's the international he seems like he's really hitting a, a gear and a stride and the confidence level is really high so um you know he, he would be my betting favorite i mean yeah. this is his game i mean jason is i think jason is, for whatever you want to say about the rest of his games i mean he is an eight, english eight ball player at heart i mean this is what he started playing and I think that this is by far, I shouldn't say it's by far his best game, but I think eight ball is absolutely his best game. I think I think if there's a player who can beat him, it's this, uh, Victor Zelensky. But I think the winner of, I think Jason Shaw wins this tournament, not comfortably, but probably about as close as you can get to that. Uh, but the winner of Jason and Victor is really, I think, is who's going to win the event. But I got to pick Jason. Rob? Yeah, I, I this is the last, really the last year, the way he's played, uh, uh, just he's got just nerves of steel. He just really, really enjoys what he's doing. You can see that. He doesn't play with a big smile on his face or anything, but you know he's loving every minute of this competition. 
and he's loving every minute of it because of the way he's playing also. He's not, he's not struggling with any particular part of his game. It's all together. Uh, the attitude, the mental part of the game, everything is, is right on spot with him right now. And, yeah, that's why Pick, uh, he's just on a roll. He's on a major roll. All right, Ray, be the be the one person that doesn't pick Jason. No, I I um I think the Mario E and and Ruiz match is gonna is basically a pick 'em. I think Mario's probably breaking a hair better for the duration of the tournament, and he's playing really nice. Uh, but Francisco is just getting deep and everything, and having one of those years. So this match is gonna go ten nine, ten eight, probably at six five right now. They just took a break, but I I think I agree. I think the winner of the Jason and Victor match is gonna probably win the tournament and i think the final will be another like 10 8 kind of match if they go to 10 maybe they, they go a little longer race i'm not sure what do they go to seems like it would be 13 i would 13 think. maybe 13 maybe yeah probably 13 so it might be 13 10 13 11 something like that. but i just think um it's really interesting you know victor nope it's race to 10 the whole way through great race to 10. Okay, so it'll be like another i think another really close final um i don't really expect somebody to super run away with it because i haven't seen anybody really string together big breaks and everybody seems like they're hell bent on breaking from the middle. Um, so they're going to die on their swords. That's fine. Um, but I mean, Jason has this uh, robust straight pool background. Victor just had a deep run in, in the American straight pool. I think those skills in that game are really conducive to eight ball. And it makes sense that those guys are deep right now that they're in the semifinals and they have a chance to make the final. So, you know, uh, I, I, I kind of want Jason to win. Um, just because I feel like he's gone through a bunch and he's poised right now to add a world title to his re to his resume to kind of really cement him. So it's been like well, this would be his first world title, correct? Yeah, he does not have one. Or, although, although he won the world black ball, right? At one point. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. And I think that I think that was a WPA sanctioned yeah. event. Or so, I event, think I so. Yeah. yeah. As far as American pool goes, this will be his first world title. I think. Uh, maybe for all four guys here, they're all fighting for their first world title. Right. But I think he maybe has a slight edge over Victor, but I wouldn't be surprised, you know, because Victor's just, he just had this, you know, match with Jason in the finals of the international. And, uh, you know, the Polish guys are, are playing tremendous pool. I think Victor is probably playing the best pool of all of the Polish players. Consistent now. What, 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 what is there? But I think Victor's, uh, I mean, he just, no, played, no. you know, yeah. No, no. I think Victor has just got a little bit of an edge right now. Um, so I think that's kind of a, a pick him also. But it's hard. Uh, you know, I think maybe 55-45 for, for Jason. But, I mean, it's really, really uh, a slight advantage, situational at best. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Victor wins that, that match and wins the tournament. But I think whoever wins that semifinal probably takes it down. I agree. Um, I think it's probably 55-45. I think that's about right. But I think uh, from there, it's probably 65-35 for whoever comes out of the other side. Yeah. I, I just, I just kind of like from what I've seen from Francisco and Mario and for, from what I've seen from Jason and Victor, I think they get through the eight ball patterns a little a little better and they recover better. And I think that's probably just a little bit more familiarity with uh, straight pool and having gone deep in a big straight well, pool and then Jason having just set the world, you know, all-time record. So mm -hmm. I kind of give them a little bit of the nod, and um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. A lot of similarities between straight pool and and uh, eight ball. And oh, you know, when I was watching Alex play, I I was thinking about his one pocket prowess. 
and mm-hmm. and how that aids him in in choosing his patterns in eight ball. Sure, and I think it, and shot making too because he's just he's very precise. I was just really impressed with the way he played against Tyler. Yeah, his uh, stack management is great, and like you know, knowing yeah. how to get in and around the clusters and how to develop balls, all that stuff is you know just part and parcel for one pocket. So. I was impressed with his play for sure. Do you think uh, if yeah. if uh, the Moscone was uh, North America against Europe instead of the United U.S. against Europe. I, I, I hate you think stuff. John, Johnny, and, and uh, Alex would be on the team? I, I, I hate this discussion. It's never going to do that. I, I, I don't think you need to do that. I think oh. it's just like one of those things. It's just an excuse yeah. people have. I mean, we, we, we beat Europe into the dirt for a decade. No, yeah. I'm not talking about the competition necessarily. I'm talking about the Canadian players being able to. Play. I think they're great players. I have a lot of respect for Alex. For uh, Would they be on the team? In, in, John in, would be. I don't know about if, Alex, but John if would be. American, if they were American today, they would be on the team probably. Yeah, but okay. but that's a different – I mean – That was my point. That was, yeah, I mean, there, I mean, there are South American players that play amazing that would be on the team today if they if they were allowed to be. But it's it's USA versus Europe. I think the conversation is just a lazy sure. – and it's just – I hate I hate this discussion online. It's just, just <laughs> go practice, get better, like – it's just you know whatever. I I I have to agree. I I just hate this discussion, I, and I really hate, I really hate the excuse U.S. gives. It's a country versus a continent. Well, stop it. Stop it. The, the total. I think the overall right now is Europe is twenty six, uh, U.S. is twenty five, and there's been one tie. Yeah. So I always include never, the one tie. The one tie is a U.S. win. Yeah. Period. We're four years behind the curve. You tie, you tie, you retain the cup. That's what they had it at that point. To me, that's a win. We are (laughs) are four or five years behind the curve, so we're going to take the worst of it. Let's say three out of the next five years. That's fine. But Team USA is ramping up. There's people coming back out to play. There's people that are training hard and all this other stuff. And this is a very specialty format. This is not like you know, long race nine ball with you know the Fargo's don't really matter. It's situational play. And can you work as a get together as a team? And I mean, Johan proved that Team USA can, can win. You know, so it's it's not like years. come on, like stop it. Just get better. Account, be accountable to your teammates, and hold the players to account more. And just create a structure. And the guys are, are putting in the work. These are talented players. The USA has a lot of talented players, a lot of talented juniors that are coming up too. So this conversation that oh we can't win, what was me? It's just people are like entitled to want to win. like no team europe and the, their players have put in a lot of effort and work and so they're gonna you know they're gonna cash in on that for a while oh yeah we could win we could we could win easily not yeah. easily but we could win yeah i don't yeah i mean we're in great we're position in conversation year to, every year to go deep yeah the, the, there's great, the break rules are changing again you know like the last three years we've had such an incredible amount of stuff happen like we've had players <clears throat> weren't available last minute we had coach had to jump in and play last minute without any practice at all it's to just to save the show you know stuff that's not really fair to team usa we've had it in on the european soil two years in a row so it's like we've done a lot of accommodating for a lot of variables and we haven't just you know had our feet set you know so i think team usa this year will at least not have any of those shenanigans happen they'll have a fair shot and then they can you know process however the moscone cup goes and use it to develop and get better that's it you know but well, uh, so they're at uh, break. We'll, we'll kind of, as we're going through, and uh, to answer your question, Tom, in the chat, uh, I posted the link there for the event. But don't go there until we're done. You know, hang out with us for a while. <laughs> you have two, two windows. You can just split your browser, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Go. 
like the rest so, of us are doing right now. <laughs> right. Uh, so let's. If let's I knew chat how briefly. to do it. I would do it right now. But. Let's <laughs> chat briefly with uh, the um, uh, the juniors, and uh, then we'll move on to the the Modelo Puerto Rico Open or whatever the the beer was. I'm getting that oh, wrong. Modelo. <laughs> no, Modelo's, Me oh, yeah. Modelo's Mexican. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll give a shout out to Bethany Tate and uh, and to Savannah Easton. I think they've got fifth. Uh, uh, Bethany got third, and uh, Savannah made it to fifth. Fifth, uh, I think fifth place. Fifth or eighth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, they, did, they did really well. Two yeah. American juniors going deep, and this tournament we had two Americans in the final sixteen, which we hear every time. From other people about how there's no americans in the final 16 we had corey and um and uh tyler both both yeah. into the round of 16 and then the round before that they had uh i think shane was still in in the round of 30. 32 yeah so yeah. you know the proof is there that the guys are starting and corey i mean you know he just oh, i'll play some maple i guess you know came out of uh, <laughs> yeah that's probably his best game Corey. oh he plays great eight ball yeah so yeah i mean yeah you know yeah. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about the juniors, I guess, then uh, give them some shine. Um, I am going to butcher these names, of course, because, you know, why not? But no one's going to know it. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> so uh, Yin Shin Yu Hong is the women's world champion over King Kim Hyam. Hyam. Yep. That's exactly right. And then Bethany Tate. Go, Bethany Tate. We love Bethany Tate. Uh, Gets third place and a medal with uh, Lena Primus. So those are on the women's side. And, of course, Savannah Easton gets, uh, like you highlighted there, uh, fifth through eighth. Awesome. For the, I believe this is the 17 and under 17 men. 17 and no. under. Oh. Yeah, this is the 19 and under. Sorry, the 19 and oh. under is this one. Uh, Zeman Kural, another Polish monster coming through. That's great to see. Uh, if they didn't have enough already. And then Yuma Dorner from Germany are your first place and second place, respectively. Dennis Laskowski, which sounds Polish, but it's not. It's German. German. And Yi Sun Sun are your third, fourth. And you're 17 and under. Carl Nodenberg over Lang Yi Lee. And... Yori Navoli and Lazar Kostic are your third, fourth. I think they had all the finals were on the TV table, right? That, not, yes, I believe so. Yeah. So they yeah. featured the yeah. kids in each of those finals. So that's that's an awesome experience for them to get to step. The in. scary thing is watching all of the European junior boys stomp through those fields. I mean, they just their junior program. There's no doubt about it. Is so strong in Europe. I mean, you know, the Asian. You talk about the Asian players and their programs are pretty strong. Their juniors are pretty strong. They got, they got taken out by the European juniors yeah. uh, this week. So hats off to them. They play serious pool over there, and they they all play like monsters. Um, like you know, Daniel Castillo. Like this is the first time yeah. I saw the relatively young guy, and he goes super deep in the ten ball, and then goes super deep in the eight ball. Uh, I mean, he made a statement, I think, this week, you know, also a Polish player. So uh, I will. I will he, start, is, uh, he is start, Vitex, travel buddy. Yeah, I'm starting to add Polish sausage to my diet. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and go get us. 
Now, uh, actually, if you want to be as good as the Polish players, you eat Kidoba. That's right. Apparently. <laughs> I'm messaging Martin Sawicki right now to figure out what the diet is and just. <laughs> <laughs> it's junk food. Uh, to be clear, I don't blame him. Yeah. I, I go I go to the gym, so it's okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess let's move on to the Medella Open on the – what do you want to start? We'll start with the men's side or you want to start with the women's side? Surprises. Okay, let's start with the men's side because I currently <laughs> have that one open. Carlo Beato versus uh, Daniel – Marcoyo, Marcol, I think is, is how it's pronounced. It's a Wojtek. Uh, how is that pronounced? What What do you say, Raymond? Is it Masio or or is it pronounced? Masio? Yeah, it could be. I'm not. I'm not totally sure. I guess. Um, yeah. And it, no matter how we're pronouncing it, we're pronouncing it the American way. <laughs> the oh. Polish way probably is something completely different. But uh, uh, Daniel's. Uh, yeah, he's he's. Um, his roommates, uh, he's like Wojtek's roommates when they're on the road together. So they're they're good buddies, um, great friends. And boy, does he go through a murderer's row of uh, – I mean, I guess everybody is at this point, right? Everybody's a great player. There's some but, strong uh, fields there. Wow. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, he beat three three in a row, but three great players. Yeah, well, yeah, both sides did, I guess, right? <laughs> so uh, Carlo Beata wins 2-0 in the finals. Uh, Jesus Intensio and uh, Koping Yi. Get third, fourth, uh, fifth through eighth goes to Ralph Suquet. Pretty awesome to see him up there. Uh, Jonas Sota, uh, Roberto Gomez, and Eklund Kachi are your fifth through eighth. So, Attention, uh, great event. He, he it was good for him. He really, I liked, he kind of, I think, has made a little bit of an adjustment and not, he has such a big stroke that he kind of like in the past, I've seen him rely on it too much, where he'll just kind of put himself in spots where he has to use a stroke over and over again. And it's cost him balls that he should, you know, matches that he maybe shouldn't have lost really because he had position to, if he just kind of was a little bit more careful and just a little bit more methodical, kind of like I'd say maybe what uh, Jason Shaw used to do, you know, where he would kind of just be overly too much reliant on his firepower instead of kind of just making his, his work a little easier. So I kind of noticed a little bit of a shift for the first time, I think, in Atencio's game this tournament to be more uh cognizant of little details and uh, more control yeah i mean in, in a format like that 10 ball where every inning counts it really it matters over the duration of the whole event you don't have to dip into that well so often and uh, he looked really solid and you know he he came up a little short in a shootout normally he's very very solid so i have a feeling it might have just been a little bit of an energy thing where he kind of put up a little bit of a poor shootout shootout uh to make the i think the finals so he was in a spot to get there but Great, great event for Jesus, and he's he's getting getting better, which is tough news for a lot of people. But and Daniel re really impressed me, probably more than anybody in the ten ball event uh, for the week. So yeah, Kylo doesn't lose a match. Walks right through, undefeated. Yeah, he had some some shootouts. Uh, he did through some pretty tense moments, and he he just looked very comfortable. You know, he was yeah. kind of like. He never looked unsettled, and and I just followed him actually on YouTube because he posts a lot of his matches on YouTube, and they do a lot of like little post match reactions with his wife and stuff. And it's a fun follow if you're interested in seeing what his journey's like. So, Carlo, um, Carlo played like a champ, played really great. It kind of I think he walked over a little bit in that final too. It was kind of like I don't think it was super super close. Um, no, it wasn't. It was pretty one sided. Yeah, yeah. 
But I mean, that's how. I mean, in a race of four with a player like Carlo, I mean, it can get like that, right? Really quick. Yeah, really quick for sure. <clears throat> yeah, it doesn't take a lot. So, uh, I guess any surprises that you guys saw from that uh, tournament? I mean, I, personally, I like to see Ralph's name up there. Um, it's always good to see him still battling. He's what fifty. He's got to be like fifty-two, maybe. He had a good eight ball tournament too. He did. Yeah. Yeah, eight balls. His his. Yeah, I would have thought. I was expecting to see him further in. Crazy. Darren too, for that matter. Darren played good in both events. Yeah, Darren. He looked really strong early on. Yeah. Yeah, Darren. Uh, Darren had a good event um, as well. And uh, Suke doesn't he have like a twenty-four or twenty-eight rack high run playing eight ball? Like, oh, <laughs> it's really dumb. It's like a dumb number. It's like a yeah. That's super. Yeah, he's a um, he's a man for sure, and super nice guy. Like. Oh yeah, really nice. I really appreciate the guys who just kind of go about their business and get it done and don't act a different way. They just kind of play pool, you know. Yeah, beat beat Fedor in a shootout. Who did? Um, Ralph. 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 Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah. I mean, is there anything else that you guys uh that stood out for you that uh, for that event? This is the best event I've ever seen Predator put on. Yeah, that's that's what stands out to me is the quality of the event, and and it's so cool to see between Predator and Matchroom how they keep putting on these events where all the players say this is the best one they've put on, this is the uh, best one yet. That's I what you're it. looking for is just keep raising the bar, and right. uh, they obviously, you know, Karim uh, from Predator lives in Puerto Rico there and uh, has a lot of connections and worked with the locals and, and it seemed like the hospitality was top notch and the venue was top notch and that the community bought in, uh, that's such a huge thing, but it's just really, I just saw so many comments that were, you know, just talking about how perfect the venue was and how great the community was and hospitality was. And that's, you know, that's great. That's great to see. And then they have three different disciplines at this level with all these players just fun, just fun stuff. What they're doing. Yeah, yeah. fans are lucky these days with technology the way it is. Yeah, yeah, definitely an A1 class event, and I think you know, combining the community aspect is pool is really big in Puerto Rico. Like culturally, it's it's a big deal. Yeah. A lot of players there who play great and love the game, so it was nice that they could bring something like that to that to to the island and kind of get Puerto in Rico and pool and baseball. Oh my gosh, yeah. So like. You know, beautiful event, and you know, no issues. Like everything went off without a hitch. Scheduling wise, it looks great. The, it's nice to see the contrast in the approaches and seeing the value in both. You know what I mean? Matchroom obviously has a lot of value that they add with their events, and like, it's a lot of prestige, a lot of you know history and stuff that's there. And Predator is kind of slowly building this really wide tent to be very inclusive and just high quality stuff, and right. really serving the the needs of the fans and try and get as much viewership and stuff so their approach is a little bit different but um i you know super appreciate being able to just watch and sweat and like you know enjoy you know it's really great it's a really great presentation so it makes me not want to miss this event next next year for sure yeah for sure yeah it makes me sad about there <laughs> right yeah Bummer. you like the islands <laughs> So uh, yeah, um, let's let's head over to the, the ladies' side then. Uh, Wei Su Chen, I believe this is her second win in a row, right? She won right. Michigan. Yeah, Wei Wei. Yeah. Uh, and they didn't have uh, the women's did not have a category in Ohio. Wei Wei didn't win in Michigan. Kelly did. 
Kelly's way, way, way behind. Oh, this yeah, was yeah, this yeah. was Weiwei's first yeah. win. Right. Um, yeah. You know, she's been right. Yeah, yeah. right there, second place. Yeah, you know, correct. two or three times, and uh, so I, I was pulling for her at the end for that reason. I, she's a correct. Kelly beat her in a, a shootout, right? Yeah, yeah. She, or, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, it yes, was a shootout. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, but yeah, she's a terrific player and has a lot of personality. And she's so uh, bubbly. So it was, she's so yeah, nice. So it was fun to fun to see her her win. Uh, although you know, uh, Cheska keep waiting for her to be in the final and winning tournaments left and right too. She's always been so talented. Uh, I'm just always surprised that we haven't seen her at the top more often. Yeah, I watched her match with uh, Yasmin, and she really. I mean, she's so fearless at the table. It's it's incredible to watch her Jessica. run out her racks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, I love she her. plays like a typical Filipino. Yeah, yeah, she plays like a like a like a man like a like she she's like she plays like like really she plays good. like she's playing like she's playing a video game on like the easiest. <laughs> super impressive, super intimidating when she gets going and like big stroke and like yeah. you see some players be very reserved and technical and nice. She's she's just like she fires talent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's, yeah. yeah, I love watching her play. Yeah, Entertaining sure. to watch for sure. So, uh, I guess uh, Chia Yu Cho uh, gets uh, and Yasmin Ocean get uh, third, fourth. Uh, Silviana Liu, Margaret Fofolova, uh, Margaret, Margaret uh, Pia Filler, and uh, Christina Zlateva uh, all get fifth through eighth. Mm -hmm. Again, uh, just an amazing event. Um, it's nice to see that the best women players in the world are back and playing. So we're not just seeing the Kelly Fisher um, onslaught. Yeah, I mean we're not just seeing the <laughs> Kelly Fisher show. We're seeing, you know, Wei Su Chen back. We're getting obviously Pia Filler's been there the whole time, but we're getting back uh, Christina Takach. We're getting back Margaret Fefalova. Um, yeah, all of all of the uh, the Taiwanese ladies. It's it's nice to see well, the Filipinos now. Yeah, we knew it was going to bunch up a lot when the Asian, you know, uh, players got back into the mix. Uh, still open to see Semi Chen one of these years, yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, any of the you know it's made players. it's made everything a lot more competitive, and uh, um, you know been been fun to watch. Yeah. So uh, that brings to a close, I guess, um, all of the Puerto Rico events. Mario, he is now up seven to six. Um, he just he just that's blew. about to change. <laughs> that's yeah. He just missed the ball pretty bad. Yeah. He yeah. yeah. Yeah, he, he he messed up and uh, Francis. I do have yeah. I do have four monitors surrounding me. Oh, I'm trying. <laughs> monitors. Well, I, I can't I'm, keep track. I'm trying to keep it semi-professional so that like, you know I can try to you know host a show. You're while. watching soaps. <laughs> You're watching yeah, soaps. Come I'm watching day, Days of Our Lives. You know you stuff like that. General Hospital. You got to be like like Tank and Dozer from The Matrix. You know the operators who just got surrounded by wall monitors. I might have to do that. You know. Yeah. So um, I guess that's really all we have to talk about for Puerto Rico. Do we want to discuss a little bit of the uh, the Moscone Cup? Sure. I, I want to well, give. Sure. Uh, I mean, you know, just kind of. I want to give a little promo here. First, Go ahead. Uh, uh, the women's uh, professional uh, tour is going to be up here in Coming Wisconsin. In Wisconsin. Coming up, yeah, yeah December uh, December seventh, I think it starts, 7th, yeah. and goes through like the twelfth. Uh, it's over in Rothschild, Wisconsin. That's Wasai area. At a, uh, a mall over there, uh, nice little venue. Uh, it hasn't been promoted big time. There's a few things on Facebook now, and I've seen a couple, but uh, this is a pretty big deal. I like the 
uh, get folks from central Wisconsin uh, showing up and watching this because the, the, all the best women players are going to be there in this. And it's a small venue. It's a nice venue. Yeah, great. I super love when the women's events are paired with the men's events. I love the like camaraderie and the, you know, different stuff you see on social with them engaging and more people seeing, you know, yeah. women play uh, along personalities. Yeah. I think it's, it's really good for women's pool. And I think uh, predators done a really good job of that in a few events I've been to. It's nice. Yeah, it's really good for men's pool too. It's great. It's great. It's for good, just good for pool when they're, when they're both together, you know, for fans to go there and see the, men and the women both playing, both competitive. Yeah, this both is just together, ladies interacting. Yeah. It's just kind of, you know, it's, it's a really great thing. I, I enjoy watching that. For sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess uh, we can move on from there. Let's let's uh, let's go into the Moscone Cup. We are officially one week and one day away, and actually in about a week <clears> from now, we're going to be getting ready to have some herbs and rye. You excited for that, Mike? The press conference is in a week. We we got to blow that up. About, we got to blow that, that up. <laughs> when, when are you getting out there, Mike? Tuesday at noon. Tuesday at noon. When's the press conference? Three. I sent an email. I gotta get. I gotta get me a press pass. I haven't got my press pass yet. How do I get a press pass? I'm thinking about taking a camera and just recording stuff and documenting it for. Posterity. Well, I will. You I will say you're a represent. You're a representative of the queued up podcast. How's that? Yeah. Can you? Can you? Can you work on that? Can you get me one? Front row one. seat. Yeah. I. I, I just want to be able to because I'm, I'm working on just some old, my own content and stuff that I want to do. And I think it'd be a cool time just to document, just have a camera inside the arena and be able to shoot some slow-mo the fans and some stuff and be fun. So. Yeah. Nate, I'll send you a, a, a letter with my references and I'll send a picture of my Emmy award to you. Let me know. Sure. Got it. Thank you. And I, and I will send you back a, a response to send it to my secretary. They'll, they'll handle it and take care of it. And just just create that little email chain, and then we'll it'll. Do you have a cue it up jersey or anything, uh, Raymond? No, but you do, and you are uh, looking sharp today, sir. I like the color on you; it's nice. Looks better off. I don't want to. Highlight your eyes. I've done that already with a certain <laughs> commercial, so I'm not going to do that. Again. Keep it keep it clean, guys. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're going in. Uh, we've already discussed, obviously, the. Uh, the um all five players on both sides what we thought about it all that good stuff let's go into the mind of jeremy jones if you are jeremy jones how are you setting up your lineup for day one to give you the best chance of winning mike what what's your thoughts on it um you know they're at home i you know day one everybody's a little jittery a little bit you know trying to get their way get their feel for the uh, the arena and the table, things like that. I would do what Johan did in uh, 19, which is hold your best players for the second day and, and, and not set up, you know, all these big, huge matches on day one and, and being a little unsure what you're going to get out of these players. So um, that's why, you know, he saved Sky and Shane pretty much for day two a few years back, and I thought that was a really uh, shrewd move, and it worked to his advantage. So, yeah, I would try to avoid the big, you know, Shane against J J Jason or, or Earl against Filler, you know, on day one. I would try to avoid that. I haven't looked at the rules um, for kind of like the pairing and which, which position gives you disqualified certain players from other pairings. You have to expect that Earl's probably going to be 
the fans' choice. Um, it'll probably be Earl or Shane. I kind of like the idea of finishing uh, with your doubles as a warm up for whoever's going to go singles in the in the last round of day one. Um, and you know, obviously, the whole team plays first. Uh, I'd imagine you might see Tyler play a singles match on day one, and then you might see like a you know a doubles with whoever's going to be anchoring day one uh, in singles. I mean, maybe if they if they put Earl up in an early singles match, you know, maybe you do Earl in singles and then Earl and Shane in doubles, and then you do a Shane singles, or you know, you put. Uh, Shane and Sky in doubles, Sky in singles to end the day. Um, it's really interesting. You got to kind of look at <clears throat> the overall flow of stuff because the fans' choice affects your lineup, and um, you know that rotation. You know, maybe maybe you might you might you might see uh, Earl in a singles. You might see Tyler Tyler in a singles. You know, I, uh, Tyler and. Um, uh oscar you know because they're they're on the team too so it's it's kind of interesting i think there's a lot of a lot of kind of important moves that all are predicated on on how you want to manage the fans choice and how that affects the rest of your your lineup so you got to kind of look at it and deconstruct day two but i i, I do agree you don't want to give them a chance to get an emotional punch in early so if they win a singles match that you know is against one of the better players or something that might deflate the team. So I want to, I kind of want to protect. Uh, if I'm them, I, I want to protect Shane from uh, certain matchups, and I want to save him. You know, I kind of want to use him a lot in doubles as much as I can, and then save him for the the second phase. <clears throat> he might be a fan's choice, and then he might. You, know, you want him confident going into the the end of of the round. If you could put Skylar out for that extra match as much as you can, I think that's that's uh, really good for Team USA. So however they can maneuver to get Skylar an extra singles match, um, I would I would go that route. Well, the only way is to, to get the, the fans choice for that. Yeah, but I mean, the, the one year that he won MVP, I think he played an extra set of matches and Shane was the fans choice. Shane's always the fans choice, but I think Earl might be the only person that would yeah, get more votes on both. Well, sides. I think, uh, yeah, um, Sky got an extra match because of day four, which is all singles, and right. his, he ended up having his match, right, um, on day four before other players. So, right. but but you can only have you, the end. You can of only day. have one singles, right, before day four. Yeah, yeah, got it. And I think, uh, the, so the way that they do the matchup now where they, they usually only have the singles fans choice, but now they have the doubles fans choice. I assume that oh, that's back again this year. Interesting. Right. Yeah, that, that'll be Shane. And Earl yeah, I, yeah. I believe you're right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to be Shane. And, Earl. and honestly, I don't really like the fans choice for the doubles. Cause no. I mean, now you're getting to the point where you're basically, basically all you're doing now is setting it up a situation where two of the five players are playing 50% of the points. Shane and Earl. We'll, 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 we'll make a shot and failure, probably. Yeah, I mean, by the time that day three is done, Shane will have played in nearly 50% of the matches, assuming that Shane is the fan's choice for singles and Shane is the fan's choice for doubles. The doubles is already locked up, right? I mean, it's it's absolutely guaranteed it's going to be Shane and Earl. It's not going to be Francisco and David. I mean, you know. No, no. I, I just mean from the – yeah, yeah right. Yeah. From, the, from the U.S. side. And, and Filler, for sure. I mean, all of Europe is going to go to the yeah. 
we yeah. we would think it's going to be we would think it's going to end up being Jason and Josh versus Shane and Earl. Uh, the, the Europe side, I could see a situation potentially, especially if like Francisco ends up winning this World Eight Ball, where like it's Francisco and Josh or something like that, or Francisco and Jason. But I I, I think it's Josh and Jason pretty much locked in. Do you know um, where the rules are posted? Like the actual format. Yeah, the format rules are posted. <laughs> I was looking on Moscone, you know, for the matchroom thing for the for the actual format, and I just I, I've not been able to find it. Huh? Yeah, I don't think they've ever really. I don't know that I've ever really seen the format. I guess I just kind of learned over it's the under, years what it is. It's under the match. I think, <laughs> I think a lot of times they don't know exactly what it is until they get to Las Vegas. Yeah. So next week <laughs> Tuesday is you're going to be in Vegas, so there's I'm, not going to be I'm, a podcast, correct? No, we'll do one from we'll do one from out there. I don't I don't know what it's going to look like exactly yet, but I'm flying out Friday, so there's actually a pretty good chance that um, okay. I'll end up getting something organized through the weekend, whether it be on site with Mike um, or for next week, whether it's going to be on site with just Mike and Jim, or whether we're going to do something like this. But um, I might even do something over the weekend too. So, okay. well, here's but, the format. Here's here the format. Day one. Team, doubles, singles, doubles. Sure. Yeah, here it is. Yeah. Okay. And all five uh, have to play on day one. Yes. yes. All five all, players all, have to I play at all, least once, right? I think all five players have to play every day. I don't think you can take a day off. Okay. Uh, and then day two goes uh, singles. Fans choice. Fans choice singles. Uh, singles, doubles, singles, doubles. And then singles, doubles, singles, doubles, singles, doubles, and then all singles on the final day. Uh, so they've got the different things of, you know, cannot be the same player as played in match six. They've got all those rules in there that, that interprets what, you know, who you who you can and can't use. Uh, so, yeah, so the first day it's just, the you know, the four matches, teams, doubles, singles, and doubles. Uh, so, you know, if, you, if you're Team USA, who do you put out for the only singles match on the first day? You know, I, I don't know. I was... Yeah, I, I would put out, you know, like like Ray was saying, Raymond was saying, maybe Tyler. We we have a request to do a drunken podcast during the Moscone Cup. <laughs> Haven't they been paying attention for the past year? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I haven't been sober for one of these yet. <laughs> we may not wearing a beer hat and do the podcast. That's that's probably an idea worth having. I'm not against that. I'm here. Do a buzzed up do you podcast. do you drink much, Ray? No, uh, usually no, unless it's like a celebratory thing or like a bookend to like something, you know what I mean? And even so then you'll get hammered with us. Uh, if Team USA wins, I will hand my phone over to somebody and all bets are off. <laughs> I volunteer as tribute. Who's my Who's my chaperone? I'm going to have to find I volunteer as tribute. Oh my gosh. You might yeah. not have, you might not remember much of it, but you're going to have fun. Tyler, Tyler. <laughs> Singles match against Niels, uh, I think that year that, that they won. 27, 2018. Yep. Losing the first two matches. And, and then he won, and then they went on to win three straight. Yeah. And so I guess it would be doubles, singles, doubles, and that's it. There's no there's no there's no fifth match on day one. Yeah, there's a, well, the team match, remember. No, yeah. team match is the fourth match. Team match is the team first match, four. Yeah. So the team, not, team is always the first match. Right. And then you got doubles, singles, doubles. Got it. So, so four so, matches on day one. I see. I see. I see. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Four matches. According to this. Yeah. So they're gonna do fans' choice singles yeah. to, to begin day two. So I will guarantee you. 
I will buy second singles. I will guarantee you they did that so that they can guarantee that day three isn't cut super short. Yeah, I mean, that was never the case in the past. No, we always had a fifth a fifth singles match. Yeah, but no, but they, they didn't because on the second day they got six matches, so you're back to ten after two days. Yeah, I guess because of the scheduling. Okay. Choices. Yeah. Two, four, six, two, four, six. Uh, yeah. Does the yeah, fan- but I mean, there's also six on day three. Does the fans' choice singles? So it kind of really defeats your argument. <laughs> fans' choice. Well, no, I mean it. It front. It it, it backloads the matches so that it backloads the matches so that like on, you can't have if it was five five six five, then you have more matches on the front than you do on the back. Yeah, yeah, I thought you were trying saying trying to make sure to get to a day four. Well, they're going to get to a day four no matter what, always, because they'll they'll cut it short on day three, even if they only have to play one single match. They'll do that. They've yeah. done that in the past, yeah. right? Yeah. So no matter what, it's going to a day four, just how many matches are going to be on a day three. If you have less right. matches on day one, that guarantees more matches for day three. Right. I think we might see um I think we might see on day two uh fans choice for singles. Let's just say it's Shane. Then they might can can you double up on singles? In match six, like if you have a fan's choice yes. singles, can that be, can that next player go up and play singles again? Yes, Shane did it last Correct. year. Yeah, so Correct. we might, we might, uh, we might see that though. We might see if that's the case. If Shane gets fan's choice and then it goes to singles, you might leave Shane out there for singles and then doubles. You probably see Skyler and Earl go out because it can't be the same person that was in match six. But if Skyler goes out second, then maybe you see Shane come back out and play. You know. Doubles with Earl or something like that, or or you know, Shane and Paul. Who are you guys going to vote for for the fans pick for the singles? I'm going to vote for Alex Lately to get in the box since we had to have uh, <laughs> Jeremy play last year, so I think it's only fair. And then um, uh, no, <laughs> oh, I get it. I, I kind of like uh, I kind of want to see Earl to be honest. You know, ooh, who I doesn't? Kinda, I, I want to see him go up there and barbecue filler. I, I really, I really would love that. Well, love, that would be something. I love to see him just go up there and chop him down. But if that happens, the whole roof is going off the place. I promise you. The roof. The whole roof is going off the place. I'm, I'm preliminary doing fireworks. I'm just gonna be just sitting there, just <laughs> like you're Girl can it. blow it up or take man. it down. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I hope we're looking for blow it up. <laughs> he's running 28 miles right now. I promise. Is he? Is he every day? I I no, he's currently on his 397,000th push-up. So. <laughs> yeah, wow. I bet he is. You know he's going to be ready. Oh my god. People mess up. People joke around. I, I was at. I went to the International Open. I walk into the gym. I look in the corner. Earl's sitting there just doing his sit-ups, you know. And then I'm like, I get on the treadmill and I'm doing my thing. I look over like. 15, 20 minutes later, Earl's still going, just like oh, yeah. around. And then once he got done with his setups, he came up and did a did a treadmill uh, run with me. But he was running six six and a half miles, so I gave Earl some advice. It's more efficient to do steady state cardio on an incline for a little bit longer period of time than to run like outright run six and a half you know miles per hour. It tires you out more. So and it's less efficient in the calorie burn because you can get your heart rate up to like 150 beats per minute, 145 beats per minute on like a, just an incline walk, and so you get that going. It's really what, what you want. So Earl, if you're watching, <laughs> I, have a photo, I have a photo with me and Earl right there on the treadmill working out. So, <laughs> nice. 
you players are getting smart. You know, you got to <laughs> be an athlete. You gotta this, this is going to be some kind of entertainment. I'll um, tell you what. Oh, it is. I'm looking forward to this big time. It would be great if Joe Rogan, uh, Ryan Harmsy, Harms is saying it would be great Harms if Joe Rogan just, just pulled in and, and made a cut, made a cameo appearance. Yeah. Honestly, cool. with all of like the, the, um, like the, I don't know, I don't even know what you want to call it, the, the woke, the wokeness where it's like you're canceling out people for saying things and doing things in your past. I'm honestly kind of surprised that that, uh, that video hasn't served like surfaced and gone viral and like people call for Joe to be like canceled from that. What, from, from the Earl thing? Yeah. Oh, well, whatever. He had one line in the back there that would, I mean, right. people need to, I mean, he's a comedian. Comedians used to be able to say whatever they wanted. And that's then that, right. that was the great yeah. art of comedy that they could say the things nobody else could say. And then it Not gave anymore. you to like tear down, you know, the idols that everybody builds up as like untouchable. I'm like, no, that's what comedy is there for. This has been for, I mean, forever. Like, you're talking about, like, Roman Empire, like, court gestures. Like, this is, yeah. the purpose, you know what I mean, for them to kind of break levity. Although back then, you might catch a spear to the throat. If you, <laughs> uh, for the I went to, a, went to a live uh, George Carlin show in uh, the Twin wow. Cities one time wow. back in the day. And uh, it was interesting. In the first 15 minutes, there was maybe 500 people. Uh, in the audience, maybe a few more. And uh, it was a small venue. And 100 in the first 10 minutes left. <laughs> you know, they paid 75 bucks to come and see George and listen to him, but they walked out. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they got their scoop of offense and they were like, I'm taking my medicine. No, comedy. Yeah. So, yeah, it'd be great. Just an update. FSR is into the final. There you go. Oh. That's my boy. I just made fifty bucks. He was down. He was down All seventy-five right. and ran and won the last five games. Thanks, uh, well, thanks Francisco. Won the last five. Dominic, you did he have a five pack or did he? I don't. That I don't know. Oh, okay. And another semifinals loss for Mario. He bringing his total for the year to twenty-eight. <laughs> I mean, he's playing great. Yeah, playing he's great. Playing, he's playing great. Doing a good job. He's made it to every single semifinals of this entire year. Every single event. <laughs> Francisco <laughs> is playing great pool. It's yeah. like it's like he's it's like Victor, down. Victor Zelinsky. Everybody's playing for either first or second place because you know he's going to be in the finals, and everybody else is playing for first, second, or fourth because you know that Mario he has one of the semifinal spots locked up. Yeah, right. <laughs> I hate betting against. I, I bet on Jason against Filler, and Jason beat Filler, and. uh yeah, so now I have uh, I have uh, uh, Victor against Jason just because he has the guaranteed some uh, finals clause in, in his contract. <laughs> no, uh, Dominic picked. Well, picked. I don't know, Raymond. You didn't know we have a sharing policy on the podcast. I don't That's know right. if you yeah, got ten percent. Only in winnings. Yes, no, only in winnings. We don't yeah. share in losses. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Finals. I'll cut you guys in for. But we only share winnings. We don't share losses. That's fine. That's fine. You just buy us drinks in Vegas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so All right. Well, uh, I don't know. We don't want to do. We don't want to do any predictions for Moscone Cup yet. We have one more podcast. Before that, 11, so. One more. Book it. We'll wait. Eleven eight. Book it right now. I promise you. Eleven Earl, eight. I think we're Earl's going to cash in on at least three points. Earl's going to cash in on three points. Skyler might be MVP again. Shane's going to hold down three points. I'm telling you. There was a comment made here about. Uh, trying to alleviate some of the 
address Shane being, you know, the top player uh, and try to lessen that load on him a little bit. And uh, that was an interesting comment. I, I, I don't know about that. I'll throw that out there. I, uh, maybe we can talk about that for a second. Yeah, I mean, I think Earl being on the team is a perfect, like, cocktail mixture thing for Shane. Because Shane balancing mixture. The light is not on. If you're talking, if you're talking Molotov cocktails, yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Well, <laughs> it can be Molotov, for sure. But you know, Earl's going to draw all the attention. You know what I mean? That's just the nature. Okay, that'll help Shane. That well, help. not only, not only that, they are actively trying to transition Sky into being the leader of that team. Well, I think Sky, Sky has been the Sky moral, is the vice captain. The he is the. Leader. He's been the moral leader because he's, he's also he's becoming been the, the regular the, leader. The last three or four years. Yeah, he's been Correct. the most like for his team. You know what I mean? And now now he's the moral he's leader. Place, but he's willing to get guys together and like, you know, and be encouraging and be positive. Like that's just his nature. Even if the ship's stinking, he's there, like, you know, we're gonna we're we're gonna ride this out together, you know, and that's what you want. Um well he's Shane, the moral leader and he's the official leader now. Yeah, no question. Well, he's a vice captain for sure. I mean, Shane has the unspoken, like, I'm the best player clause. You know what I mean? So when he's there, he's going to garner respect just from his abilities. He's so good as a player. The biggest thing with him is managing his his headspace. That's, to me, the variable. He's well, an expert. Good as, as good as he's, he's an expert. He's, he's, he's an expert. If his, if his headspace is clear and positive, and you have somebody who's engaged and locked in and, and committed the whole way through, even if, even when things get shaky, then you have a chance to win. You know what I mean? But if he unplugs, which I, I didn't like his his demeanor at the table when I saw him uh, this week at the Predator event, the eight ball. Saw a lot, a lot of negative body language, a lot of kind of de deflecting back into kind of disconnected habits. And to me, at this point, it's habitual. Kind of that behavior is just habitual. So there's a great quote. I, I read it in this book called Atomic Habits. I think I started the year with it. And James Clear says, we don't rise to the occasion, but we fall to the level of our standards. Wow. Um, and the standards that we build for ourselves in every action, you know what I mean? So if we see somebody performing really well in a high pressure moment, it's because their standards have set themselves up to, to that's where they're going to perform when, when things get shaky. But now you have to think about technical standards in play when you feel comfortable and technical and mental standards as well. And the Moscone kind of provides a, uh, an avenue where Shane doesn't really like, you know, he doesn't like the not being able to, you know, break and run people to death. You know, he likes the long format winner break thing and he doesn't like alternate break and he doesn't like short, short races. So these are all things that, you know, are against him, you know, things he, he obviously would prefer not to do but it's interesting event, so he's in this position so he's got to go out there but he's gotten tagged a lot and he's unfortunately been in, in a transitional phase as far as like the context of the rest of the team goes and hasn't had you know a super strong team behind him and that puts a lot of pressure on him and makes him the focal point and that also psychologically is not what he likes right. either so you see a lot of like mental spiraling from him and he so if you can keep him solid and engaged and playing well, then he's going to do Shane things. You know what I mean? He plays, I mean, he's a world nine ball champion for God's sakes. You know, the guy plays amazing, but you know, when was the last time you saw him do that in the Moscone cup? No, I, I, I don't see it from him. I mean, Johan, Johan was there and Johan kind of kept him in check and kept him engaged. Even though they lost the first year, he won two in a row and you can tell that he had yielded to a leader. He had trusted Johan 
Johan had enough credibility in his mind that he could put the team together and they, he had seen enough work happen throughout the year because they had like, you know, worked themselves up incrementally to the Moscone Cup. So he could have a firsthand account of what the other guys were doing. And then he bought into them having enough effort behind this push to make to win the cup. I think that's part of it too. Uh, so psychologically unpacking that enigma is important. So if, if they can get to that point, because the other guys are working hard, you know, Tyler's been working hard. Oscar's been working hard. Skyler's been putting in his work and Earl's for sure, probably working as hard as anybody, if not more so. So, you know, they got to work all that stuff out and, and get him bought in. If he buys in and he's like playing well, locked in and not, and not showing kind of some of that negative behavior, then that's good. But I, you know, here at the predator events, he doesn't like being slugged, right? He hates being slugged. It's like his break is like the anchor for his whole player soul. You know what I mean? But because the rack is so volatile here, you don't get the template, you don't get a tight rack. He can't leverage that big break to dominate his opponents. It just feels like he, he hates that, you know, he really doesn't, he's halfway in and out, you know, coming back to the table after your opponent misses and not having your glove on. Like that's a telltale sign for me that the guy was like halfway out the door. And he's, I don't know. Are they using the template, Mike? Yeah, they are using, they're they using, are the, using template. the template. Yeah. This year. Yeah, so template's good for him. Moscone, they are, right? Yeah, template's good for him, I think, for Shane. Even though it's a tough rack yeah. for everybody. And he won, wasn't the World Nine Ball Championship with the template? All the way through. All yeah. the way through. Yeah, so that's when they kind of first established it. So that'll first help. One, yeah. That'll help a lot for him because it at least standardizes an aspect of that, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, short format, alternate break, whatever, but at least I know I'm going to get more or less a good rack. You know, maybe it, no, maybe it wasn't, maybe it was hand rack in the final six. I think the European open was the first time that they used a template all the way through. The UK open was hand rack and it was torture. Well, I think the, I think the world was, I, well, I think no. this was hand rack too in the final 16s. I think they, wasn't the European open the first time that they used a template all the way through at the nine on the spot. And that was before. It was, I think, yeah, because that that was Maybe. that was the that was the big, yeah. It, it was the world the world nine ball was before the the European Open, so I'm guessing it was hand rack with the one on the spot that he won it. Yeah. Well, either way, I think I think the 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 nine on the spot with the template helps kind of standardize everything for everybody as far as expectations go. It's not as much of a variable, and you know what, Earl was actually really productive um, with that break format too at the international. So that was um, yeah. encouraging to see because that's always, to me, been his his weakest aspect, especially the last four or five years. He gets outbroken a lot. But I think this this format's kind of the sweet spot for everybody. And the, I think just the template's the way to go. You make the break as hard as you can, but as standardized as you can, and you just move on, you know? Yeah. No, no three-point rule, too. I think it's kind of gaffy, goofy rule. But Yeah, I agree with that. Wow. So yeah, I, I'm 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 pumped up. I think I'm interested to see what the guys do. You know, the actual team. Yeah, uh, so the, am I. The, those few days before the cup, how they kind of work, and uh, you know, we, we might not be privy to that information. You know what I mean? But I think they're going out there the day after Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, I believe the whole team's going out there, and I believe Team Europe's out there real early too. I think they might even be staying in a house in Southern California or something, the European yeah. team. I know they're going someplace secluded. Um, so, I mean, you know, they're both, they're both prepping the way they think they need to, to give them, you know, get them in the right mindset and team, team mind frame, you know, when they hit Vegas. Yeah. That's the fun part about this, this Moscone cup. I think for me, it's the team dynamics are 
the most crucial. And that the years that we've done really well, people have kind of shored up and, and come together as a been more each other. When you do that, you give yourself a chance to win, regardless of who's on the other side, you know, so. Yeah. Sure. All right. Well, uh, I think that puts us in a pretty good spot for today. Um, I guess next week we'll be on site. Maybe we'll do a, a an in-person one. Ray, Mike, Jim, sounds like a plan, something like that. Yeah, let's. I'm around. If it makes sense, try to get something done. I don't get up before nine. Let's do it at Grips. I'm I'm still awake at nine, so I'm not really sure what's going to happen there. (sighs) All right, sounds good. We'll uh, we'll leave it there. Uh, Mike, Ray, Rob, thanks for joining me again this week. Pleasure, Nate. We will uh, we'll be seeing you guys next week from Vegas. Pretty exciting stuff. Almost here. Yeah, going to be great. Have a nice Thanksgiving, y'all. Likewise. Everybody, have a nice Thanksgiving. All right. Thanks for watching, everybody. See you next week.